Hey ladies, did you know that menopause doesn't have to suck? So I'm Kim Lam with Apollo Cannabis Clinics, and I'm going to tell you how cannabis can help with those pesky symptoms. Tune in. Hi guys, I'm Jack. Welcome to another episode of Wine, Women, and Weed. And as you heard today, I am joined by Kim Lam, who is a patient care specialist with Apollo Cannabis Clinics. And Kim works to support patients who are looking to improve their quality of life using medical cannabis. And one of the biggest improvements myself and many women are looking for is how to treat those menopause symptoms. Um, so today, Kim's going to share some information with you on how cannabis can be used to help treat some of those symptoms related to hormone changes that we all experience during life north of 40, including their biological properties and makeup, some history, and consumption options, including oils and capsules. So hi, Kim. Thanks for joining me. Hi, of course. I was. I had a great time with you last time, so I'd be more than happy to share information. So Kim, uh, Kim was one of our amazing speakers at the first She 2.0 uh, event, where we we had three great experts at the event. Kim. Uh, Kim, you wowed everyone in the room with some great <laughs> facts about menopause, things they didn't even know. And uh, I saw eyes light up when, uh, when you shared some of this information. So I really wanted to go over that again with you in the podcast because there was a lot of people who weren't able to attend. And, um, and now with COVID-19, we're living life uh, virtually. We are. <laughs> we are. That's perfect way to put it yeah so everyone should know we are keeping our six foot distance uh we're actually both doing this from the comfort of our homes <laughs> mm -hmm. yes we are so kim uh as someone who is uh postmenopausal, um i have a lot of women in um the 40 and up group who are starting to complain about some of the common symptoms of menopause uh hot flashes mood swings hormone rage memory loss sleep deprivation and then layer in working from home homeschooling isolation yes. and a global pandemic and we are all ready to lose our minds. So please tell me how cannabis can help us. Okay. So, um, all right. So for patients uh, who are uh, going through menopause or perimenopause, the top, I'm going to say the top three things that they come into our clinic for is uh, number one is hot flashes. So anyone yes. coming in for menopause, the number one thing they'll say is I, I just want help with the hot flashes. Um, the second is with sleep. So a lot of these women have been sleeping fine their whole lives and then suddenly it's like a switch and they just can't sleep anymore. So that's the second uh, reason they may come in um, as a result of the menopause. And then the third often is uh, uh, kind of like not brain fog, I would say, but just for better cognitive functioning. Um, and it might actually just be due to like changes in mood and hormonal imbalances that may, um, you know, affect their cognitive functioning at the time. We don't know, but those are the top three things that I find patients going through menopause come in for. Can I ask so, you about the sleep thing? Um, one yeah. of the things I find curious about sleep is, and a lot of women say this, it isn't falling asleep, it's staying asleep. Uh, yes. So something obviously happens to our bodies and mm -hmm. it's that sort of, 3 a.m. witching hour that, mm -hmm. you know, you get up, you wake up, 
your mind is like racing. You start ruminating about your life and how you're screwing mm-hmm. up your children and, and what you didn't <laughs> do at work and it's all over, right? Right. And things always seem worse at night and then your heart races and then good luck trying to go back to sleep. Right. So um, that's why oftentimes we recommend, you know, these patients have often have already tried cannabis, either they've smoked it or they used to use it when they were younger. And so now they're coming in because they've had, they've, they've heard or experienced that, Hey, I sleep, but like, I'm not saying sleep now. So that's where we would recommend um, ingesting cannabis, whether it's an oil or a capsule, because that's, what's going to help you stay asleep. And then staying asleep is one thing, but then you also want to get quality of sleep. You want to get proper REM sleep. So that's when we add in or suggest um, using strains that have a combination of THC and CBD because the THC is going to help you go to sleep, stay asleep. And the CBD often helps so that A, you don't wake up feeling groggy and B, it helps with the quality as well. So um, for those that have this newfound inability to stay asleep, that's the recommendation that we make. And that's what you'll find coming into a clinic. Right. I love how you call it our newfound ability, inability. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, people mention it. Like they say, like, it's like, I haven't had this problem before. And then I hit menopause and it just, it was game over. So yeah. 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 It's crazy. <laughs> um, do we know why that happens? I mean... I'm sure I, there is a reason. I just, I couldn't tell you with yeah. like, I should know. Um, well, and I've I learned it I and I just don't it. remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not remember, um, the exact physiological mechanism behind why suddenly, um, sleep becomes an issue. Right. Um, but, but there is a reason behind it. So do look yeah. at that. And it does, you know, and and for all the women out there, like I am a patient of Apollo Mm -hmm. and um, I do uh, have a prescription. So I do take the CBD with the THC at night and I have found I had to play with dosing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first got my prescription, I think I, my dose was a little too um, light for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I renewed, when I went online, I just went up five milligrams and I found that was too much. Like at mm-hmm. 10 milligrams of THC, I found I, if I didn't go to sleep right away, I started to feel a bit stoned before yeah. bed. Yeah. Then I would get like the giggles or something. And then yeah. I thought, oh my God, I'm never getting to sleep now because this is way too funny. Yeah. Or, or I would, you know, I'd ha- my mind would race and I mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to fall asleep. But if I took it right as I was going to bed, I would go right to sleep. So dosing mm-hmm. is so critical. Yep. And actually not just dosing, but time. There's a very common phrase in, uh, for cannabis users, and I might get this wrong, like set and setting um, is really important. So uh, a lot of new patients. So, sorry, say, Kim, you know, can you say yeah. that again? Because you got cut out a little. Oh, sorry. Um, a term that a lot of cannabis users use is set and setting when it comes okay. to using cannabis, um, which I will admit, like I'm not much of a re- recreational user, so that was new to me. but Essentially, when you're using cannabis, it's not just the dosing, but it's also the environment that you're in and the mindset that you're in. That makes a difference. Um, So if you go into it thinking, you know, I'm really afraid of becoming high, it's going to happen, it's going to ruin everything, it's it's going to happen and it will ruin everything. But if you go into it with using the same strain, but you say, okay, I'm going to relax, I'm going to go to bed then it will help you relax and go to bed. Assuming, of course, you're using the right dose, right strain, but, but your mindset makes a huge difference. Um, in terms of what you were saying, it's interesting that if you take it before bed, right before bed, that it, it will help. 
But for a lot of patients, actually, if they take an, a, an, an oil or a pill right before bed and it kicks in, that kick in actually wakes them up. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. So that's why we always recommend starting at two hours before bed so that it kicks in at the right time. But you have to be getting ready for bed around that time you want yeah. it to kick in because otherwise what happens is what happened with you where it's yeah. like it hits, but you're still up and about. So now yeah. it's like your mind is racing. It's too late. You pass the window. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it takes you a while to like mm-hmm. get to sleep after that. So exactly. be super careful. Now, um, I need to talk to you about hot flashes, mm-hmm. but how does cannabis help with hot flashes? Because from everything I've read, they don't really know exactly why we have hot flashes or what happens when we have them it's just that it's our body's way of responding it's a stimulus or something right right so So, um i mean i won't go into why hot flashes occur because that's a whole other that's a podcast in itself (laughs) i'm sure but um okay so you know when it comes to cannabis and hot flashes we have no idea we actually have no idea where it works it actually doesn't work for everybody but it the proportion of people that it does work for is enough for us to say it's worth a try. And um, so, you know, we do know for a fact that, okay, so cannabis acts on our endocannabinoid system. We have a naturally occurring um, system in our body that accepts cannabinoids, whether it's cannabinoids we made naturally or those that we consume through the plant. So um, menopause obviously uh, has been shown to be affected by this endocannabinoid system and not just, sorry, not just menopause, but um, our, our, um, pretty much like our female tract system, like the whole thing is affected by the endocannabinoid system. Okay. Um, That was a poor way of putting that, but (laughs) just to make it simple, um, that's what it affects. So we know that this system is tied into um, hormones. It's tied into um, women's health um, scientifically. So um, the assumption is, is that it has something to do with the endocannabinoid system. So we, but we just don't know the exact mechanism, um, the receptors that it acts on and how, you know, a lot of the research is preclinical right now. So we don't have those answers. But the good thing is that um, trying cannabis, especially, you know, through a physician and medical cannabis, um, it's not harmful. Like as long as you're following instructions, you're going slow, it's not harmful. And the worst that's going to happen is it doesn't work. So it's definitely worth trying uh, for your hot flashes, for sure. Yeah. And the trick with hot flashes, too, is to also understand what the triggers are, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what no one wants to hear, but is a fact, I'm not making this up because (laughs) I I wish it wasn't true, but alcohol uh, really does um, impact the duration and the intensity of your hot Mm -hmm. flashes so Mm -hmm. it can just bring them on and hot and spicy food Mm -hmm. so there's lots of things that can you know bring on a hot flash so cannabis can't do all the heavy lifting but you know it it is known like like from women I've spoken to as well to Mm -hmm. help reduce them so Mm -hmm. it's helped me a lot it's really Um, helped me with the hot flashes so I am I'm an advocate for that you're freezing. The majority of patients and oh, I think we're frozen. You're freezing too. <laughs> I froze because you know what? Everybody, all their children, everyone working from home, everyone's the on internet. the internet. It's so it's, crazy. It's insane. <laughs> I never realized how much outside, t- how much that time I spent outside the home until like I had to stay home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, 
right. So you were saying like a lot of factors affect like hot flashes and can trigger or not trigger them. Um, cannabis being the same for sure. Yeah. And I find, I do find that using cannabis, like I take the gel tablets, Mm -hmm. uh, I take the CBD during the day and the CBD with THC at night. And I do find a a huge reduction in my hot flashes. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. So, um, that's menopause. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of those symptoms are similar to perimenopause, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other way that you can say that cannabis is helpful just to women and our hormones in general? That, mm-hmm. Because after 40 is really when our hormones hit the skids. Yeah. So I, so I mentioned sleep. I mentioned hot flashes, uh, cognitive functioning, which um, and there's also the mood changes too, right? Like, you yes. know, it, it does affect, um, and who knows what the mood's responding to, whether it's just our bodies are changing and we're emotionally responding to it or it's causing it, who knows. But um, we can, we know for a fact that CBD especially can definitely help with like anxiety and mood. Um, And so that's a way that you can use cannabis is just to relax, especially throughout the day with it. And especially if you can't, you have to function, you can't feel high. Well, you can definitely take advantage of CBD's relaxing properties. Um, you know, and a lot of our anxiety obviously is tied into serotonin levels. And we know that um, CBD actually acts on the same receptors as serotonin, um, which is why it helps uh, so much with anxiety and a little bit too with depression. Although that part's questionable. So um, another uh, interesting tidbit, which I don't have a lot of research on, but it said that um, the endocannabinoid system is also involved with bone density. So as you know, going into menopause, uh, we start to lose our bone density. Um, and that's how we bring on osteoporosis. And so um, apparently, see well, because the endocannabinoid system is somehow involved in that. So um, I'm sorry, I know, can you say that again? It was sorry, <laughs> sorry to everybody listening. It's glitchy. <laughs> we can't help it. It's, it's the internet and the 8 billion people on it right now. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, um, can you just say that again about, um, mm-hmm. you know, how bone density and cannabis and, and how it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the endocannabinoid system, um, which cannabis acts on. So that's tied in with bone density. And I don't have a lot of information on it. I just know that that's something that they have found it may affect. So um, for patients going into menopause, of course, bone loss or bone loss of bone density is a high concern. Um, so it helps to slow the progression of this. And I don't know if it would prevent osteoporosis, but it might help to slow it down similar to, you know, taking more vitamin D or calcium. Um, so that's a, another reason why we have some, uh, women coming into the clinic too, literally just for osteoporosis. And so it's worth trying. So do you um, mean like, uh, you could take a CBD, CBD gel tablet and that would help? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, but again, that one, I know even less about right. compared to hot flashes. Like I know so <laughs> little about it, but I know that there's enough, um, talk about it out there that it's worth giving it a try even for that. Okay. So there's evidence that it's involved in, in bone, bone density. Um, and essentially the reason why any of this is tied together, like I said, is that, um, CB, uh, endocannabinoid receptors are affected by, or it, it's shown that their levels increase and decrease with our estrogen or estradiol levels. So I, I, you know, can't go into detail about like how it peaks with these levels. Again, that would be a different podcast <laughs> altogether. Yeah, we'll do that. I'll follow up with you. Yeah. Yeah. But it does, um, 
uh, the evidence is iffy, but um, it's been shown that they do um, they do respond to one another, the levels, right? Really? And so, right. So because of that, there's a high suggestion that the endocannabinoid system is very heavily involved in hormonal um, imbalances or balances or changes. Um, so that's kind of the foundation to why um, we're even looking at cannabis for general women's health. Um, what's another one that we see a lot? Yeah. And of course, you know, this, um, isn't involved with menopause, but I did mention, you know, even during the talk, um, that, uh, using cannabis can very much help with a lot of our other reproductive issues like endometriosis or, uh, POS or okay. polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how is that? Um, because is that related to inflammation or yeah. how does that work? So it's mostly, well, the theory is that it's mostly related to inflammation, although um, there is some evidence that uh, there are CB1 or CB2 receptors involved with um, the tissue migration when it comes to uh, endometrial tissue, which is the reason why there's endometriosis, which is this, um, when the endometrial tissue decides to start growing outside of where it's supposed to grow and that causes severe pain. So um, cannabis um, for sure helps with the inflammation and the pain response to that. But in addition, there is some evidence to show that it also affects the um, tissue migration itself or has, it's involved in that in some way. But again, there's not enough evidence for, um, for that, but pain for sure. Wow. Inflammation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really helpful because as we are in menopause and perimenopause, I understand inflammation is also an issue in our bodies. Yes. And, and that can lead to so many other problems. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, just having that reduced inflammation overall generally can really help us, help us with the whole experience. Exactly. And reducing inflammation means you're reducing your body's general like fight response. Um, and so, you know, inflammation snowballs into a lot of things. So if we can at least like kind of cut that pain response there, we can do a lot of good work. So, yeah. Okay, great. I feel like, um, I feel like I wish I knew this 10 years ago, <laughs> but for all the, the women listening who are perimenopause or even, you know, just 40 years old and up, when we start to notice these little signs that things are changing, this is a good time to be preventative because I yes. From what I've heard from you and some other great experts, that there is an opportunity to be preventative with menopause so that the experience isn't so extreme. Mm-hmm. And in the past, we've just been told, well, it is what it is. And uh, if your mother had a bad, you're going to have a bad. But the reality is, when we start to break it down, there's a lot of things we can do early on in our 40s to prepare for it and mm-hmm. to have our body in optimal position so yes. that menopause doesn't suck. Right. And so, um, oh gosh, there's so much that you can do. I mean, <laughs> like, and I, I'm, I'm not one to talk obviously, but, um, you know, I believe the awareness is number one. And I think you, you encourage that so much, which I think is great. Just like, let's talk about it. It's not a bad thing to talk about. Yeah. So talking about it, being aware of it already, your mindset is okay. Cause it's like, yeah, I might happen. And these are some of the symptoms I could experience. And so here I am ready for it. And being ready for it alone is half the battle. Um, and then in terms of cannabis, like a, a lot of people, um, more than I thought was that they just use it like a vitamin. They don't have and even if you come into our clinic and you literally say, yeah, I don't have symptoms, 
nothing's wrong. I'm actually almost perfectly healthy. Um, I just want to use it to, uh, for health reasons, just so that I can prevent any problems down the road, um, to, you know, improve my cognitive functioning, usually with CBD, of course. Um, and we're fine with that. I mean, if that's, yeah, that's fine. It's like a vitamin. And as long, but the only problem with that is that we don't have a dose right to use we can't say like okay great for that reason you're going to use this much we don't we kind of just have to say you know okay start low just like you did jackie and um kind of work your way up to a dose that uh, that you find that is not causing you to feel too tired um here's an average you can try that and and you can try so we encourage it the only problem is we just don't have a set number which i wish we did but who knows right. but this is something too where everybody's different we have to play around with that we have to really start to tune into our bodies and the way it responds mm-hmm. and then just keep adapting to that exactly. right I've, I've been playing with a few different things and i'm starting to find myself into a really good groove and yeah. you know with the help of apollo you guys um as educators um, the whole process with Apollo has been extremely helpful for me. I and appreciate I'm, that. Well, thank you because you have saved my menopause experience, which means you've saved my family. So <laughs> Love it. hey, just before we go, I want to mm-hmm. ask you, you mentioned some fun tidbits uh, historically about mm-hmm. cannabis. I think mm-hmm. uh, Cleopatra might have been a use. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the fun one is, I guess, since we're talking about, you know, women's health generally, yeah. uh, Queen Victoria definitely used cannabis for her menstrual cramps. Wow. Like did she sure. smoke it? Do we know how she did it? I mean, she probably smoked it to be honest. I don't right. think back then they had, I mean, if you were to compare the technology of oil <laughs> well, extraction they, to- They didn't have gel tablets. <laughs> no, they did not. It's, it's something else right now. Even if you looked like two weeks, two years ago, it was different. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't believe where we are now, but, uh, yeah, so she definitely probably smoked it, uh, or diffused it something. Um, I'm sure the information's out there. I just didn't look it up, but, uh, she did use it for menstrual cramps and we still have patients using it for menstrual cramps. Well, it makes have sense. A lot of recept- yeah, it does. It does. You have a lot of receptors in your uterus actually for cannabis. So let's do it. Yeah. Um, Interesting tidbits too is that, you know, if you really, you know, I'm not a political person, but if you really want to dive into it, um, before the 1940s, you know, cannabis was considered a um, medication for migraines, like a treatment to the point where it was actually on the list of medications that could be dispensed from a pharmacy, like way back when. And I think as we started to find out that, you know, cannabis can be used for so many things, including the hemp plant, which is like a cousin, well, it used to be one, but it's like a cousin of cannabis. Um, The hemp plant can be used for so many things that industries, certain industries got started getting concerned. And then you have like this movement to like stigmatize cannabis and make it a villain. And they did a great job of it, clearly. Yeah. so uh, that history alone is really, really cool. So definitely look that up. Um, but of course, the history now is even cooler because we're coming out on the other end. Yeah, we um, are. We're making history now. Yeah, we are. It's really, really cool. I didn't think I'd ever see myself in it. Um, so that's another thing about the history of cannabis I find very interesting. But it was, I mean, discovered thousands of years ago. It's always been used as some kind of a medicine. So it's nothing new. It's right. nothing new to your body. It's nothing new to humankind, I suppose. In fact, it's a really good compliment, especially to the female body. Yes, it is like huge. Um, 
more actually like more so than men like it is it is thought that you know women our bodies actually respond more to cannabinoids than um than men um i don't know if you remember i was talking about like sexual dysfunction and i said that for women it actually does help us to like when you find the nice window it does help but yeah. for men, it's just like don't bother like it's <laughs> you, <just laughs> you should have told me that <laughs> i'm gonna slip my husband a gel tablet next time he tries <laughs> I mean, look, for them, it's a window too, but the window is much smaller than it is for women. Um, so so we, we actually, um, more research, again, needs, needs to be done for this. For, in fact, more research in cannabis and women's health needs to be done for sure. Um, and as soon as Apollo makes it through this pandemic, something we'll look into for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we respond to it quite well. So yeah, good to know. <laughs> You've given uh, myself and I hope everyone listening a lot to think about. Um, there's great materials out there, but you know, have I'll have them visit the Apollo website. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if if where is Apollo available? Like, is it yeah. all in line now with with everything? That's um, right on? now, yes. So we've always had. Uh, so as a clinic, we have five physical locations with actual. Right doctors and specialists physically there some physically there some working from uh, remotely um if you are nowhere in the gta aurora gta and aurora region yeah. um then we would see you via the ontario telemedicine network so you can we can see you from your home via video um that's how and across canada as well so not just in ontario Okay. But now um, we're definitely doing only video and then worst case scenario uh I believe we will do also phone appointments if absolutely, absolutely necessary. Like you can't do video, no internet, nothing. Um, we want to be sure that patients are getting their, uh, their medication. Um, that's just during the pandemic. Obviously after we can't do phone appointments, we'll go back yeah. to video or come on in. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, Kim, this is a lot of information and it's really important information. And I think what it is, is hopeful information because like I said, I think women fear menopause because we've been given this belief that there's nothing that can be done. You're going to experience it. However, your body decides to navigate it. We have no control, but that's not true. And mm -hmm. I think what you're telling us and, and what we're learning now is we do have control mm -hmm. uh, either while we're going through it, or like I said before, preventative to prepare ourselves to go through it. Mm -hmm. So I think that we're going to see a big shift in how women think about menopause and perimenopause and even aging once mm -hmm. we realize that it's not this horrible thing to be dreaded, but something that all. we can actually make decisions for ourselves, get in tune with our body and figure right. out the best options for ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of options out there. This is just another one of those. Um, that's yeah. Easy gets fun and you can get a lot of help on it. So yeah. Yeah, great. Well, I will have the information in the post on how to contact the Apollo Clinic. Perfect. And Kim, again, thank you so much. You were great at our event. I hope you'll be thank at you. our next event when we have a physical event soon. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, the information has been invaluable. So thank it's you. I know it's a super busy time for you right now. So thanks for taking the time Unexpectedly, yes. Unexpectedly, yes. <laughs> but of course. No, no, for sure. I'm glad I did. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, Kim. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. People are learning more and more about the good, the bad, and the awesome of cannabis thanks to people like you who are sharing across your personal networks. 
If you like my podcast, let me know by leaving a rating on iTunes. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JackPC for updates or to leave comments or episode ideas. And tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. for a new episode.